Oh man, another episode. We are doing episode seven and the highly talked about episode number eight, Thanksgiving. And we also got the production designer going to chat with us. This is your Master of None panel and we get into good stuff as usual. Let's get started right about now. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Oh, do you feel it? <laughs> I had to bring a really good song. Thank you. Because episode eight really, I mean, I feel like the budget of the clearance of... Oh, yeah, yeah. Good wait, I get you. That's, 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 right. that's, right. that's right. This very 90s. Or, yeah, right? 90s? Yeah, 90s. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was rolled up very nice on this. I just got to hey. let it roll a little. <laughs> this is perfect for a birthday, too. Thank, I mean, we're having a celebration tonight. <laughs> I've always, even in season one, loved the music. You know what I mean? The, yeah. Like their Spotify playlist really just kind of takes you a little bit of everywhere. Anyways, that got me in the mood and we got a lot to talk about. My name is Ronnie Jr. We'll uh, be leading this panel. You can find me on social at RandomlyRJ. Sitting next to... Paige Bach and you can find me at Paige Kelly Bach on all social media. And I'm a Rick of all trades but a master of none. You can find me on all social media at Rick Hong. And hello, I'm Sahai. You can find me at Say Hi Sahai on Instagram, Twitter, sometimes on Snapchat. And I'm not a lush, but today is my birthday. Oh. Hello! <laughs> go, 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 yeah. It's your birthday. Go, Sahai. It's your birthday. Thank you, thank you, everyone. Thank you, appreciate it. Paige, thank you so much for the lovely bottle she has gifted us this evening. We have, Rick has given us some cupcakes. Ronnie has also brought some bottles. We're going to have a party, and we have Amy Williams here tonight. So, yes! So exciting. Amy, good uh, evening. I feel like you're always working, sweetie. <laughs> oh, is Amy? there a delay, Amy? Oh, yeah, there's probably a delay. Oh, She's no. probably... Okay. Did you start? Amy, Sorry, I, I, I called you sweetheart, and then you, you, you cold-shouldered me, baby. <laughs> 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 Amy, can you hear us? Yes. Can you hear me? Hi, yes. Amy. We're going to talk about uh, this great work, uh, the production design on this great series. You were on Thanks. both seasons, one and two? Yes, both seasons. All 20 episodes. Wow. Um, the, the texture of a New York City type job, and of course when they went to travel as well, you have to do it right. So there's so much pressure on you. Uh, yeah, I've, I've lived in New York now 15, 16 years, almost 17 years, and most of it has been in lower the Lower East Side. Um, so... You know, getting the texture and getting the real feel and the real look of everything was definitely important. Yeah. And some of the other series you've covered was uh, Crashing as a HBO series. Um, mm-hmm. you, you've done a, a handful of all like New York stuff, right? Yeah. It seems right now I'm on this uh, New York comedy tear, and that's <laughs> that's uh, what what I've been doing. So yeah, I'm on Crashing right now. We're still shooting tonight, and uh, so the timing worked out well. Okay, we'll move quick with you then. Let's. Uh, we do have a photo real quick of the um, the game show uh, Clash of the Cupcakes. So tell us exactly. Tell us exactly. Oh, we got a little feedback here. Yeah, tell us exactly how um, the setting that big uh, TV fake TV show was. That was really fun. I mean, we. You know, we we go for the more naturalistic look and the more naturalistic style for most of our show. So to do something completely bright and pink and cheesy and, you know, out of the norm was really fun. We, you know, ran with the entire thing. Every silly idea that we could throw out um, came to fruition. We... You know, our DJ bowl is a mixing bowl. <laughs> the DJ <laughs> reminds me of Will A giant timer a and a giant cupcake. Oh, yeah. And so it was... No, it was totally fantasy. Like you say, it's such a it's such a texture with the sh- it's such a texture with the show. But even that cupcake um, series, I think they even had fake lower thirds. I mean, you guys were going all the way with making it seem as cheesy as it possibly could, which resonates to the story of why Dev doesn't really enjoy doing that type of uh, you know TV show. Definitely, not, not yeah. artistically. Yeah, de- you know, Dev has some depth, and it's it's you know you have to be careful what you wish for with this because. You know, he loves food. He he loves acting. This should be the ideal combination for him, but it's just a little bit off. Yeah, you know? and that was always Dev's problem. Right. 
that was always Dev's problem because he makes so many like uh, he, his choices all over the place. He can't find something to make him happy. Once he wants to book a show, then he books a show. He's not happy with that. It's like always reaching a little bit. So you guys did great on cupcakes, uh, the cupcake uh, portion of the show. What about I, you guys? I liked the um, I liked Arnold's apartment a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. Amy, tell us a little bit about Arnold's apartment because when we were talking, you were saying how you um, are sad that we don't get to see it enough. Tell me, tell me what we would yeah, see. Yeah, Arnold we... always seems to get cut from the episodes. We always end up shooting more scenes, um, but for whatever reason, yeah, it doesn't make the cut. So we, um, Arnold's was a really fun set to conceive because he's such a unique character. Yes, and. Yeah, Eric Wareheim is a very, uh, when I spoke to him about his own, you know, style, he's very minimalist and white. And, you know, we just wanted to add more mystery to this character and really, you know, amp up the weird, the sort of weirdness <laughs> or oddity or, you know, the sort of eccentricity of Arnold. And, uh, you know, it just came from the script originally where um, Dev and Arnold refer to each other as Cap. So we like really went with the whole sailboat and Captain <laughs> theme. Oh, so their nicknames turned it more nautical of some sort. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's, it started wait. with a, a captain's lamp and then from there we found some <laughs> you know, sailing ship wallpaper and in season two we added a uh, chandelier. Portrait. Yeah. Is, so, like, my question is, when you're doing this, because, like, we, we had a conversation on set, or not on set, on the show. You're on the series? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, oh. We had a conversation on the show. <laughs> when they're talking to you, do they, do they tell you, all right, Dev's job is this. He probably makes this much money in a certain year, so this is the type of place he can afford and what can it look like? Or do you really just go by the style of, like, this is, this is like, Dev, you know, it's like, whether you have $1,000 or $100,000, this is the room that we're going to make for you, but tell us what you want in it. Uh, no, I mean, we, we overanalyze every single element. You, you first go into the narrative of the character and, you know, you give the character a backstory and, you know, you give them tastes and preferences. Um, so the initial process is, you know, and we had a lot of conversations about Deb on season one, you know, what, how much does he make from these Gogurt campaigns? He does voiceovers. How often does he work? Is... You know, and it was it was important to Alan and Aziz that they represent a New York that's familiar to them. And, you know, for them and for some of their friends, mm -hmm. they've, you know, made some advances in their careers. They're in their mid thirties and, you know, they're they're no longer the struggling artists. Okay. Uh, and they're not shopping you know, at IKEA also, anymore. Yeah. We've moved on. You know, also Dev's character is someone that has so many interests and is, you know, passionate about many things, but also, you know, takes them for granted. So we wanted to bring that to his decor and really give him, you know, a lot of, like a, a Renaissance man of sorts, you know, he's into art, he's into cooking, he's into, you know, yeah. collecting vintage things. He's sort of sentimental. He's, you know, he has all these objects. So it's very grown it, up yet. Very cool. You know, it's like that mix. Like that's what we are. I mean, I'm in my thirties. So I, when yeah. I see that set, I'm, I mean, <laughs> almost aspirationally, I'm right. like, Ooh, I'd like to purchase a couple more items, but it does take you to a place that you clearly know that in your 20s you were not at. You Definitely. know what I mean? So. It was all about Ikea in the 20s and now it's about <laughs> thrift store chic and you know, Goodwill. I was. Where are some of the places that you find the items that you use in these oh, yeah. locations? Um, most of it we try to keep local. There's um, several stores in Greenpoint where we shoot that uh, we shop at and um yeah, we also Dev's couch we found on Craigslist. When, I know, love that. Oh, 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 oh wow! <laughs> character. You mean for... the couch he's sitting on when he's on the phone saying uh, to all those young ladies, Whole Foods, do you want me to bring you anything? That couch was from. That, that that's how you found it. Okay. Yep. So sad. <laughs> that's amazing. No. You know, some other things we found, you know, in Etsy, on Etsy and on mm. eBay, and um, you know. Every little item was, you know, like, how do we bring in a little bit of history of his heritage? And also, he's from South Carolina, so maybe we make, you know, the state of South Carolina on a light bright or, 
um, you know, we try to work in little inside jokes and, um, so he is South Carolina. Yeah, we talked about that last episode. Oh, and, and I, I love the uh, Garbage Pail Kids, by the way. <laughs> oh, thanks. I thanks. noticed that. I was like, oh my gosh, Garbage Pail Kids. I was like, that's definitely the era. I was like, that's great. <laughs> yeah, because he's a, what, 33-year-old? Yeah. I mean, that was a really fun time travel for all of us. Just like, you know, like, okay, let's look through all these like 90s Teen Beat magazine. And, yes. uh, you know, what else do we have? The Magic Eye thing. And so... Yeah, yep. we love to recap all that stuff too. We're talking about yeah. hyper colors when we're sitting yes. here on our panel. Like we go back to those those memories. No, dude, aren't you aren't you wearing Genera right now? He <laughs> always wants to talk about my gear, which that's okay. Um, um, oh, I have ahead, a next. question. I was wondering. So once you had the concept of Dev's apartment in your mind, and you kind of knew what it was going to look like, how long does it take for it actually to come to fruition to source things? I mean, I imagine if you're going through Craigslist, it's kind of a process. Yeah, luckily, I have some very talented people that I work with, and my art department works really hard, and we work 12-hour days. So, um, you know, Dev's apartment was was the biggest one for the first season because it sets the tone, it establishes a character, it supports the character. It's You want to give, you know, Aziz, the actor, an atmosphere where he can, you know, find his inner Dev, which is... Mm-hmm not too far off from the real Aziz, but it's, you know, a different time and a different place. And to answer your question, I think it took us about six weeks from, you know, conception to, you know, having it ready to shoot. That's a lot quicker than I expected. Amy um, is currently at work right now. That's how hardcore she is. Yeah, on the set of Crashing, yeah. On the set right now. Which is exciting, because I wasn't even sure that was coming back, but I love season one, so go ahead, Amy, and the set of Crashing. I'm on the panel. Woo-woo! It was a great, right, Josh? It was a great uh, series. I did enjoy it, yeah. Pete's very funny. Yeah, he actually came into the studios, too, just and did, like, what you're doing, except he was actually in L.A. But Amy's yeah, in New York I, right I'm, now. Yeah. I'm in New York. <laughs> <laughs> She's working. So she, it's late over there. But Amy, how many people are are in your department? How many people do you manage? I would say it fluctuates depending on you know the needs and, and when mm-hmm. um, when things come up and they're really intense. Right now, I probably have about sixty people. That do, you, do you hear that? That's a boss right there. That's a lot of people. Like much yeah. respect because what I love about the show is that they always have women and like they show strong female characters. And to have you here shows that they also have strong female women and mm-hmm. you know working in front of the camera and behind the camera. So we salute you. Kudos Amy. to you. We salute you, Amy. I want to. Yes, go ahead. Do you put a, a bit of flair in? Are the scenes where you're saying like that's just a little piece of me? How like Hitchcock or unfortunately M Night Shyamalan does this too much, but like where like if there's scenes they put themselves in a scene. I don't know if like you do that with yourself. If they're like like in the room, maybe if like if you're looking at Deb's room, that piece that that book over there, that's my book. Or on the cupcake set, you might sit there and say like that's a piece of me, right? You set that mic like the the the, the mic. You're like I put that there because that's like me. That's like my style. Or I don't know if you do that when you're making like or if they don't give you those choices to sit there and pop something in where you can just be like yeah that's me uh i'm a total cornball and i love hiding metaphors and doing uh you know adding in little things so there are a ton of things on dev set there's a a poster up on his wall that uh is we created our own graphic and it's it's my birth year and i did that for my awesome (laughs) i'm gonna see that yeah there's we we work in a lot of things. There's um, an episode which you guys haven't talked about yet, but it has something to do with a heart. And from, ever since season one, we've had this little um, model of a heart uh, sitting on the desk. And that, you know, sort of, we even, the entire season, I had, um, I had them work in the book that Francesca gives Dev in uh, the first episode that sits at his bedside table the entire season um oh. and so does the the piece of black galaxy that pino oh. gives on <laughs> <Earth>. <laughs> wow i didn't notice i that. feel like things do uh really you know spill over because i remember 
when he made his first uh, big decision to go to Italy from season one, if you go back to the, I think it's a hot hot ticket episode, his crazy date asks him, if you could move anywhere in the world, where would you move? Hurry quick. And he says Italy. So there are so many things about this series that run all the way through if you yeah. rewatch it. So it's fantastic in that way. I wanted to ask you um, one more thing about another set, the Thanksgiving one. We'll do that in one second. But what brought you to even getting into production design? Um, production design is, it's, you wear so many different hats and you get to, um, create so many different kinds of worlds. It's great for a curious person and, and, uh, it's, I, my art, my background's in art and I moved to New York city and did the gallery thing. And I thought I was going to be a curator and it just wasn't right because I wasn't creating anything. And so, I took an internship on a film and things just snowballed and it was it was the perfect fit because I, you know, I get to explore all my interests. It's kind of, you know, it's the jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah, baby. <laughs> there she is. Can you be, I really uh personally I think everyone loved it, but the Thanksgiving episode was so fantastic. So um great. Jennifer so I, Aniston. Jennifer Aniston poster. Jennifer Aniston. Jasmine guy. <laughs> Why don't you just take because it away? That was that was a, like a beast for us um, the whole time because uh, you know it was really important to Melina Manzukas who directed the episode that things would be very authentic and part of that is that kids have posters plastered all over the mm-hmm. walls <laughs> and that costs us so much money and it takes so much time to clear wow. each individual oh, yeah. person and go Vanessa through. Vanessa Williams was up there, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, and some people were really amazing and, uh, you know, gave us permission right away and said they were fans of the show. And, you know, other people were, you know, a little more difficult, but really, uh, oh, the Jennifer Aniston one wasn't as difficult as we thought it would be. Was the Jasmine guy one difficult? No, she was no, great. Because nothing. She sent a bunch of different photo options. And, oh, that's lovely. Because nothing but says that era like Jasmine Guy. I mean, totally. I could totally see yeah. young Denise. I mean, if this is where she was going and, and no, figuring, Jasmine Guy wasn't Denise. She was uh, Whitley. Well, no, no, I know. I'm talking about Denise, the character Denise, oh, sorry. Our, our master of oh, okay. men. Denise. I was like Denise. You, you went all the way back to the, the 80s. Show, so. Sorry, sorry. Um, anything uh, uh, extra uh, special about that Thanksgiving episode that we should know? Because when I watched it, I liked how you would see their room, Denise's room, plastered with all the uh, posters. You know, as she's a young girl, makes sense. And the walls were kind of like this wood paneling. And then as it gets later, uh, I guess it's like the 90s, and 2005. It's a blue background. You know, just talk about that a little bit. So it's, you know, that's very much modeled after, you know, my childhood and how I grew up. And, you know, I think almost all of us have that experience where you you move out, you move, you know, from home, you go to college and mm-hmm. your parents, you know, they evolve, their life moves on and the you know, they repaint the room. They turn your room into an exercise yeah. room. <laughs> I love that. Shopping room. And um, so that, you know, part of, part of the, story that you're spanning 30 years and you really want to show the evolution of a home and you know what things stay the same and how things change and how furnishings and styles and you know certain things are temporary but you know you always have that photo of grandma on the table and you know you always have that that sentimental trinket on the piano did Um, you have to cut any corners or anything specific with italy um, your job must have been very difficult in that situation. Great for us to watch, not easy for Amy. <laughs> for Italy? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I mean, Italy was amazing for Amy. It was, <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, he, I, you know, I think initially they wanted to shoot the whole season in Italy. Wow. Uh, that would have been amazing. But, you know, it, it didn't make sense for the story, and it certainly didn't make sense for our budget. Um, yeah. But we... Aziz had lived there for a few months and he kind of, you know, tailored the script to his experiences and real places he had been. And so uh, last July, about five or six of us flew over there and we, you know, hand selected all the locations based on, you know, Aziz's experiences and what he and Alan had written in the script. Were any of those locations authentic locations from his months there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He actually... um, the tortellini shop 
Mm-hmm. While he was in, in Italy, he thought we might have to recreate it in New York. So he would send me pictures of the tortellini shop <laughs> that he worked with, with the Nonas. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, that's where he actually learned to make tortellini. I love it. Amy, of all the locations this season, what was your favorite? It was so special to be in Italy. Uh, It was really beautiful. And, you know, it's when you do a job away like that, you're with everyone for every meal. And, you know, things evolve so naturally and you're just in it 100 percent. So, you know, that was great. But I would have to say Thanksgiving was, you know, it was the uh, the most important because it's it's such a intimate story Mm. for a lot of people and it's a story that I had never seen portrayed on TV Mm -hmm. and so we really wanted to give it a lot of respect and um, attention and care. It seems like yeah that episode I when I watched it I said wow like all the music that was cleared of course seemed really wow they're really going for it in this episode Uh, the clothing wardrobe I mean everything was really um, not that that was the best episode or anything but it was um, a lot of heart that was put into that. Definitely. Um, Amy's, I have a, I have oh, a question. Yes. Um, you Coming from the indie film world and now working on a hit Netflix show, what's the difference between working on a indie film with a smaller budget to something like Master of None where you've seen the budget grow? I mean, it's great to have a budget. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to go to Italy and to be able to you know, have a conversation with Aziz and Alan over a bowl of pasta and then suddenly, you know, you're making a DJ bowl and, uh, you know, that, but it's also, we, we, you know, everyone that works on the show, um, cares quite a bit. And that's, that's, you know, for me coming from indie film, everyone's very passionate and, you know, you have no money, but you're into the story and you're into driving the narrative and you know sometimes that gets lost with mm-hmm. big budgets and yeah. you know big network shows um so you know as a creative we all work together to you know really embrace that that indie heart i can see that um, on the show yeah i think it, i think that's what it speaks to like the it still has that indie spirit yes. to it and i think that's what resonates yeah. with the, the fans um yeah. speaking of you know, everyone cares and you know everyone brings their a game and they they really you know, want to honor the story. Well, and that's, I, I like the fact that you guys take your time with it. You know, as much as we want the sh- series to come back, you know, in six months, like every other show, you know, those shows become disposable. So I, as much as I hate waiting a long time, like any fan, I always like appreciate it. I'm yeah. always like, you know what? If it doesn't come back till 2019, like as long as it comes back, they're they're doing work and they're telling stories yeah. that match up to our our personalities, well, which is great. It's you can see it, you can see it in the production design, you can see it in you can see it in the writing, you can see it in every single episode. Everything has been thought out. There's yeah. never a throwaway episode. There's just everything makes sense. So it might not be your favorite episode, but it's so well thought out every facet of it that it's just it's undisputable. I also like the it texture of. Uh, New York, I love you. Uh, I, I, I mean, I just texture wise. I mean, that episode. I didn't need the main characters. It, it just did everything that, that it needed great. to. Pizza yeah. scarf. Scarf. <laughs> that that was. I mean, we had so many meetings about that stupid pizza scarf. Look. <laughs> <laughs> Where we should order it from? I think we this some poor woman ended up knitting all of these pieces. Oh wow. my gosh! No. but it was you know we were all so excited about that episode because you know Dev wasn't in it and right. you know it, on one hand you know behind the scenes it was great because Aziz was directing episode two hundred nine and two ten so we could actually have his attention and could properly prep those episodes, you know, with location scouting and meetings and whatnot. Yeah, because those locations were very different. Also, speaking of waiting, have you heard anything about a season, what, three? There goes the journalist in her. (laughs) She wants to get the answer. Uh, I I think right after the show premiered and we had our after party and everyone was drinking, you know, their champagne and um, Massimo uh, was cooking food for us wow, at the Wow, that's amazing. Oh, well, yeah. So it was really cool. So I think all of us were like really happy and, you know, feeling all in love and really wanting to, you know, jump right into a, a season three. But, um, you know, no plans right now. I think everyone's, you know, 
working on individual projects and you know take, taking their time away. Have yeah. you so you said you said that you were splitting a bowl of pasta with like Alan and Aziz? Did, has he ever made you pasta? Aziz, like, has he? Have you ever sampled his food? You know what? I've never sampled any of this. But I've we've shared a lot of meals because he, you know, he's writing, he's acting, he's editing, he's, you know, doing the music, he's, you know, starring in the show. So the only time you can really get any attention or any answers are, you know, at our lunch breaks mm. and, you know, after we wrap after set and, you know, and the guys are genuinely in love with food, so <laughs> you can tell. All of it, it's it's a great opportunity. I would probably be twenty pounds skinnier if I didn't work on that show. But <laughs> you get to, you know, you sit around and we all order family style, and you know, we go over the scripts and get things done. And a lot of times, you know, we we eat at the locations we shoot at, so it's. Yeah, that's cool. You're super lucky to work on a show like this. Yeah, you're you're involved in something special, and I'm glad you're embracing it and you're taking it, you know, fully, which is great. And we are too. Even even our aspect of like covering the show, even that, we're like, wow, we're very lucky to do so. Yeah. Um, Does anyone else? I'm really impressed with your your observations about the show. Oh, thank you, Amy. Thank you. Um, For those who haven't seen the show, if there was some right now, you know, everyone's vying for your consideration for nominations right now but so for someone who hasn't seen the show what would you say to tell them to watch oh gosh is i mean the great thing about season two is each episode is its own story i mean they all connect there's you know uh, there's there's a progression um but i i think certain the great thing about our show is that different episodes appeal to different people, you know, indie Indians on TV really resonated with people. And this year the religion episode, you know, resonates and, um, you know, Denise's story is a a really important story to tell in a perspective that hasn't been shown. And, um, you know, I'm such a fan of our show that, Mm -hmm. Gosh, I don't know. No, no, I don't. I don't have a favorite. Just watch one, and then you'll get. Yeah, exactly. Uh, does anyone else have any questions? Amy, do we have to let you go because you're back on the crashing set, or because we're going to start talking about door number three and Thanksgiving? I can hang out if you. Yeah. Well, oh. Amy, show us show us your uh, your your after buzz. Your the, what you made. <laughs> <laughs> your, oh, your, she's she so was. amazing. Amazing. Look at that. Yeah. She's a host. She's here with us. Yes. Oh, my God. You guys lost your stripes. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Well, you know, we're oh, always, yeah. you know, it's seasonal, baby. It's seasonal. <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, the stripes on the microphone. Okay, so let's get into it. Amy, you chime in anytime you want. If you do have to go because you're, of course, working 13 hours a day, 14, 15 hours a day, that's okay. Let's, guys, uh, talk real quick about door number three. Sure. Um, do you want to take the lead on this? Because you really love this episode. I just love the dads. Peter. Peter Chang, yeah. yeah. Chang is Hanging out with Peter Chang Peter on the rigs. Okay, yeah. and then Coco made me so happy, and the cooking made me so happy. Because I've been in both situations where you've dated someone, and it's like... You go in to break up with them, and then something happens or something circumstantial, and then you kind of start doubting yourself. But I found it so refreshing to watch it on an older dad. Yeah. Wait, wait. So you so you went to someone's house and they made yuke jang, and then all of a sudden you were like, No, oh, no. I, can't, I, can't, I make I make jang. Bring it on. Not that specifically, heart. but there's definitely like things that you could do that would then make me. I mean, have you ever done that when you've walked into a situation? It's so clear in your head that it's ending, and then something happens, and you're like, Oh no, I can't now. Usually they uh, become tomorrow. shirtless and. Then I'm lured to come back, but other than that, no, I'm ready to go. There's that birthday conversation talking. (laughs) But no, what was interesting to me was that when it was like food that lured her. Like, again, we see food being such a theme. Here it is this man is about to break up with this woman, Mm -hmm. but it's her cooking that makes him decide to stay. Well, and he later in the episode talks about its companionship at a certain age. Yes, but in that moment, it was the food. No, I mean, yeah. yeah, In that moment. And so for me, for someone, like, I don't cook often, you know, that, like, I'm not, I don't have a specialty dish or anything like that. So it was interesting to see, okay, this is definitely the way to get a man. And I also like, sorry, uh, (laughs) Uh, my question, my, no, my, my thing was this going to be, what did you guys think? So he, because like, I watched, I watched this thing again, and he said, "Oh, I'm dating this woman, and she's Korean. She's got nice eyes, blah blah blah." And then he says, "Oh, I'm dating this other woman, 
but she's a CPA. CPA with a dog. So yeah. who did you expect to see? Because like, I, 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 like immediately for me, I'm like, okay, well, he's Chinese or Taiwanese maybe, and there's a Korean woman. So the next time around, I was expecting him to see like another Asian woman. Yes. But instead, yes, we saw some brown sugar. I was like, all right, Peter mm-hmm. Chan, yeah. I see I mean, you. <laughs> I was excited way, about that. I, I feel like I wasn't. Ex- oh, go ahead. No, I just love how much he loves that. He's not in that relationship for her, though. He's in the relationship for the dog. For the dog. But, but I mean, she seems like she they're cuddling. No, but she seems aggressive in the way but she puts out. But he might like that. Like, we don't know what Peter <laughs> Chang is like behind closed doors. Well, that's what I like about Peter Chang. When we saw him in the parents episode, he. It took us a while for and for and for Deb's mother as well. It took us a while to get like their parents' perspective on things and what they enjoy. Yeah. Um, you know what makes them happy. So I, I really love that, and I do in season three want to see Dev's mom. Let's see what makes her smile. So that's what I love mostly about Peter Chang, kind of coming into his own with with both ladies. Why, why can't he? I mean, I thought he was going to be able to keep both of them, but in the end, the ladies were like, "Mm-mm, we don't no, no, want it." No, I thought he said he did. I thought they, they, he, they were both, he originally they were both okay. did. They did, but then they broke up with him. <laughs> what you know? What it did though well is is it kind of reminded me of in old people when Arnold didn't necessarily want to hang out with his grandfather mm-hmm. and he began to really love that experience and then of course he lost his grandfather well real quick because it made me think the same thing of like the bonding because there was a time where he was like I don't want to hang out with Peter Chang on the regs you know Mm -hmm. and now the second time around Arnold's there um, I forget uh, what's what's Brian? Brian's there and, and the and they're all having like this bro bonding dinner. To me, that was a cool part of the episode. But isn't that how like as you get older, your parents yes. at one point you're like, no, we can't hang out. Next thing you know, your parents are your best friends. Like I just saw um, a celebrity with her daughter at a club. So it's like as you get older, the relationship changes, and that, and that's really sweet. I think that there's an important phase in every parent-child relationship where you reach a phase where you're both like we're both adults but I think it takes a long time in different relationships to reach that space for example Dev and the pork it was like he was still acting like a child for his parents and respecting them in that way and wasn't kind of owning it as an adult and I totally understand respect but that can feed through into so many different facets of life and as long as you're acting that way your parents acting like a parent so there is definitely a wall broken down between Peter Chang and Brian that they now can hang out and talk like bro stuff yeah and Brian had to pull it out of him he was like you know you can talk to me about this and it was so sad because think about it um, Peter's out in the dating world because his his wife is no longer there so that's like such a sad thing you know and it was nice to see that he was kind of moving on with his life and you, know? I mean, you also get to see like the evolution of their relationship from season one where he's like I don't know anything about my dad he just says oh it was really hard we, you know and that was yeah. it now like, at least they can have a conversation walk down the street and it's like well dad tell me about your dating life and you know, he gives him, he's like, well, these are my dilemmas. He's yeah. way more chill now. Yeah. yeah, he has a better dating life than Brian, it seems. <laughs> I know, we didn't see it. We would like to see a, l- a little more Brian, I, I think. We need more Brian in our lives. Brian was very funny. Mm-hmm. He was the one that would just do the little question mark. Was the question mark? What would he text girls? Uh, do you want to go with me to something? Well, he, he always In that one episode, he always had all these funny lines that he would do, and they were like, oh, if Brian does it, it's cute. Dev, if you do it, it's, it's creepy. creepy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we also have Clash of the Cupcakes, this uh, fabulous set that, of course, uh, you know, Amy, Amy knows about. Um, we have a little another makeup artist moment, which yes. we've kind of been seeing. Um, and we also have Lawrence there. Just a whole lot going Lord on. Chef falling Jeff. asleep and acting a fool again. Yeah. But Cedric the Entertainer, mm-hmm. he was a highlight of this episode. I loved how he, you know, his character kept on referencing the things that he would say to his wife and his self-esteem issues. It's like Dev comes to work to be the host on the show. Then he ends up being the therapist. He ends up being the producer. It's like he's doing, he's, he, again, he's the jack of all trades. It's yeah. so good. And it sets such the tone of like, you knew, well, you didn't know, but later when we find out, He's like, I can't do seven seasons. You sort of like kept seeing all these uh, obstacles that he, nice guy Dev, ingested. He, as nice guy, he ingests these things. He doesn't really put his foot down on a lot of situations. But, so uh, see, he's also he's also a bit short sighted because the way that I understand about being an artist. I mean, I'm not one, but in the sense for him. But you could do that show, and then in your off time, go find these independent movies. These, unless he just wants to really be available all the time for whatever he wants to pick and choose. Well, so I am an artist, and sometimes I feel like when you do that, it just takes from your energy. Mm-hmm. And as long as you're, it's really hard, I think, to stay in one place where you're doing a certain job where you aren't, where it's not really in line enough with your goals and your trajectory. So it's kind of like 
it's not feeding into that trajectory. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like just distracting from it. And think about it. Dev does everything with passion. Like when, yeah. like his passion for food, he that's the same passion that he wants to have in his career. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's why he was like, I just can't do that. And it takes a big person to run away from the money. No, that's true. Yeah. yeah. And There's also what we were just talking about with Amy is that he's in his mid-30s and he's in yeah. a different phase in life. He's not like paying his dues in his 20s. You know, he's kind of... He's at a different space in his career and in his life where he's looking for it or is trying to move on. And the commendable thing is you do have to go with your gut. You know, if you are an artist, like you want to make that, you you essentially want to make that result. Well, let me get my name Mm -hmm. out there. This, of course, is going to be good for my economics. But as you said, when it, I've had a project recently even that I worked and it deteriorated me as a person. Like Mm. as amazing as I am, as you guys see me right here right now, oh, I was a horrible human being. Because, yeah, yeah, I've told you about my Mm -hmm, Arizona experience. mm -hmm. But I feel like you have to make, you have to make. Sounds like a very, very I was very pissed because I I had to move away from New York to Arizona. It was a trauma. I've never stopped being mad about that. But the point is, yes, yes, it's it's too hard sometimes to make that resolve to say I'm just going to focus on the paycheck and I'll do all my stuff later. All right, so all you guys said it like a... Who's ever looking up, watching us right now? Don't hire these guys. Hire me. I'll do it. All right. Don't hire them. Because you're nice guy, Rick. <laughs> I don't have any artistic, you know, artistic. Things. That's a, Amy. Have you ever, when you were getting started, did you ever do any odd jobs or anything outside of the art world to kind of just make ends meet? Uh, when I first moved to New York and I was working in art galleries, I waited tables at night. Um, yeah. New York is expensive, and you know when you're starting your career, especially you know. In film and television, you'll take everything and anything. Exactly. Um, it's it's not until you know you work on something with a lot of depth, like Master of None, or you know, with my experience, it was an Ira Sachs film. You you know, then you realize you can't settle. You can't just take you know right. the the scrappy job to make some money. You you know, you're building a career, and you're you need to work with people you respect, and you you know that inspire you so at a certain point and i think that happens that happened to me in my 30s you know it's it's time to you know just really do what you want to do and not waste life amen very good amy did we ever find out what um is dev is it is his place in greenpoint no where is that where do you where do you think it is bushwick or greenpoint brooklyn i think maybe park slope oh it could be parks you're right the older brooklyn yes he's not in brooklyn okay you know where Um, i want it to be because me and Sahai know this area very well, um, and it's blooming. <laughs> come on, Hamilton Heights. Yeah. Yeah, come on, A and D train. Come uptown, on, uptown. No, uptown. That would make him way too cool. Uh, <laughs> he's actually he's in uh, the Chinatown Little Little Italy border. Oh, he's in the Lower East Side. didn't they go to? Oh, because that's why they went to the Hotel Rivington in one yeah. of the scenes. Ah, yeah. you know, it's 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 a quick jump over the Williamsburg Bridge yes. to get to Brooklyn, and. Uh, you know, it's the great thing about the building we picked in the Lower East Side is that it has pizza spelled along the fire escape. Yes. Yeah. Very dev. Yeah. yeah, dev was like, that's the one. I think I've seen that in the exteriors when there's like the snow snowed out scene. Um, we also have dev and dad, which we love those scenes. Um, With the, it, uh, when dev. So and there was a, there was a, a toothbrush. You know, and in, in plop, a unique place. No, not in the in the booty, right? I just love yeah. how oh, yeah. Dev was there for it, and then his patient's wife was there, and right. he was still like just so unfazed by the whole thing. It was one of the most hysterical well. And then when he called scenes. out the lady, when she goes, "Oh, I didn't know he had a toothbrush," and Dev's like, "I don't think that's the issue that really." <laughs> yeah, he was not <laughs> helping buy the situation you at all. Wait, Amy, was that was that a real X-ray or was it a produced X-ray? We produced that X-ray, but. It, a day before we shot that, um, I got a frantic text message from Aziz saying that, you know, the x-ray doesn't look real. My dad showed it to me. It doesn't look real because we consulted his dad on these things. <laughs> and it turns out that the x-ray he had seen was the real one that his dad had taken. And uh, the real one looked too fake, but our fake one looked great. Wow. Wait a minute. So this, this was actually pulled from a real story that his dad dealt with? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And does he? Does his dad? His dad's really... a, a gastroenterologist. You're right. I don't yes. think he keeps souvenirs. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. I don't know. Oh yeah, you dressed all the sweats. The engine. Uh, yeah. How did you come up with all the souvenirs? Were they in the script, or did you decide? The SpongeBob was in the script. Okay. Uh, so that was, you know, like we needed to find out if we could clear a SpongeBob coming out of someone's butt. And <laughs> that, 
would work. So that, you know, a lot of meetings surrounded the SpongeBob. And then it was just, you know, everyone throwing out ideas about, you know, what could be lodged up there. And, <laughs> oh my you know, goodness. so we, we had a bunch of tiny objects and we laid them on a table and um, Melina Manzukis and Dr. Ansari and Aziz and Alan and I, we all went through the objects and picked out the ones they liked. Bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> so which ones were you solely responsible for? <laughs> oh, uh, there's an army man. <laughs> that, <laughs> that makes sense. Proud of. Um, a chess piece. That nice. was kind of fun. The, the one I had a hard time getting past was the intact fortune cookie without the wrapper. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it was very, yeah, sense. it was clean. Yeah, ooh, nasty, nasty. <laughs> that is a talented, never mind. Um, let's move along through this episode because we only have a little bit more to kind of discuss, which is we realize that Dev is kind of telling um, uh, Chef Jeff that he doesn't want to do this, mm -hmm. and they come up with this great pitch. So it's yeah. really a good thing, and it got, um, his balls were on the table. Yes. Uh, I love Chef Jeff. Take your balls off the table. I mean, um, you know, I, last week I said that I love Chef Jeff and in this episode I loved him even more because he always seems like he's looking out for Dev's best interest he's like you know where's your girl watch your heart and he he agrees to do this new venture with Dev after kind of coming out of retirement yeah. you know just to help out this newbie so I thought that was really sweet and he just seemed like a really stand up upstanding Jeff's guy. character reminds you of a lot of people like that's not far off like that loud right. abrasive loving so, but you like, don't cool. but you also don't but, but you could also suspect maybe something's wrong like that's that's you, real. I didn't see it at that time. Did no, you guys? I, okay, so I have a very hard time, and this is because I'm not from America. I have a very hard time with very loud people. Mm. So Chef Jeff just loud. always makes me anxious. I'm like, I don't know if he's about to snap or if he's like <laughs> on Dev's side. So, right. but I also have friends that are New Yorkers and like friends from Jersey. And I just, I don't know how to communicate with them. Like, sometimes I'm like, why are you yelling at me? <laughs> she she texts them back. <laughs> they're, they're like, I'm not, I'm not trying to yell. It but that's the thing about Chef Jeff. He, he kind of, he gets me all like. Riled up. Yeah, riled up. And I'm like, is he going to ruin Dev's life? And then I'm like, oh, no, wait, I think they're friends. Are they, are they friends? I'm yeah. not sure. It, it, uh, <laughs> it's a great dynamic that Chef Jeff and Dev have. And it, it culminated the episode with like such a high of like such success, you know, yeah. like, oh, wow, this is really happening. With then your heart being really brought down mm. because Francesca, not in a gloating way, but, you know, she lets you know that he, she's now engaged. So she mixed emotions. happy at She's been with the guy for ten years. I mean, come on. She I mean, like, yeah, finally. You're, you're kinda expecting that to happen after yeah. ten years. If you're not, I don't know what you're doing. It thinking. happens. People string you along. Yeah. Um I love the way, and we've talked to Amy about all these um, realistic approaches, but I love the way um this show, you know, shows the dinner party and how you want to just really be a part of that. Yeah. And one of the things I think even going forward they'll probably do is have like those scenes where they're um it's you know snowed out and you're at at, at the crib with mm -hmm, whoever mm -hmm. and uh, to let you know because we got you know the little let let to know situation with Denny's Denny's on demand is now making it happen okay so hi oh, it's, right. it's your birthday so if you are ever like snowed <laughs> in I don't you. you know with, oh you know what you needed to do this morning you should have gone and gotten free breakfast at Denny's what yeah I didn't know this morning about this. go tomorrow they'll they'll still get they'll honor tomorrow just okay. go tomorrow they'll got honor it. it free bottom breakfast. line yeah it's an always open philosophy Denny's has always been doing that breakfast lunch and dinner mm -hmm. um and so they're basically rolling it out where they will deliver to you you know you know I remember doing it in New York where I like hit up my deli right but the choices were sort of limited you Definitely, know what I mean yeah. and there was a Denny's on 135th so really I probably had this Denny's on demand situation been in so it's it's a Denny's exclusive offer it's, it's like not an like, app yeah yeah that's awesome yeah specifically for that and, like you get, that and you get 60 days of free Hulu yeah, if so you, if you look at download that. the app. Well, because they're trying to make the app situation kind of match up. It's Denny's On Demand, it's with the app, and then if you go ahead for a limited time, this is going on right now. Um, so again, say you're in there, snowstorm with your boo, and you're like, oh, let's get us some Denny's. You'll get your Denny's, and you'll get the 60-day trial for Hulu. So there's some like good a, shows on Hulu as well as Netflix. Yeah. We don't hate, I love difficult people. That's right. another great That's one. Like yeah. That's because friend. you're a difficult people. <laughs> I, no, difficult people, like Master of None, difficult people, I feel okay. like they are my mirrors. Sorry. I love casual. You have to watch Casual on I here. That's I've really seen a good. couple. You should stay in all weekend with Denny's and Casual. So, yeah, it's <laughs> like that's my recommendation. You can Denny's and chill with your Hulu. Yeah. <laughs> Bottom line, Denny's on demand, fantastic. So, uh, that helps out your, you know, digital, you know, when you're digitally dating, you might as well digitally be eating. Let's hey. move on, everybody, cool. to Thanksgiving. Yay. Okay. Uh, anyone have initial thoughts on that? I know we got to move along pretty quickly. Okay. Here. I have a quick thought, and this is because. Um, 
Okay, thank this you. This is because Amy was talking about posters. I was never allowed posters as a child, and it still is such a it was such a thing in my head watching it because I was like, that's what it, that's what a room is supposed to look like. <laughs> so. The posters were well worth it. I had <laughs> posters. Up. I had uh, Big Daddy Kane. I had, I think, who else did I have? Kwame. I don't know if you guys oh, know, we, yeah. know mm-hmm. who polka that dots, is. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. with the polka dots. I probably had High Five and possibly a Tevin Campbell. I think every girl yeah, had Tevin Campbell. Yeah, that was I mean, that was that was the business. We didn't know back then. I still love. I love you, Tevin. Yeah. Austin. Wait, who would you, who would you have had? <laughs> well, I I was allowed them inside of my cupboard. So like, if you open my cupboard door on the inside, I was only also allowed a white and beige room. I grew up in a very strict household, <laughs> but on the inside of my cupboard, I had one, and it was Chad Michael Murray. Oh. What was he from? Um, he's from. Um, he's not Seventh Heaven. One Tree Hill. One Tree, one tree Hill. Yes. Yes. I mean, I guess I didn't have any either. You know, I was dominated with the house of sports fans. Oh, so everything oh. we did, even like vacations and stuff, was all sports related. And I like liked it at the time, and it kind of makes me makes makes me resentful at this stage of my life because. It's all I got. You know, I never really got to express myself as a kid the way right. I wanted to. We were like Dodgers, UCLA fans, like, got it. beyond, you know. Like, <laughs> 88 Dodgers, when Kirk Gibson did his thing, that was like, that's what we probably had. 17 posters of right. Vince Scully posters. <laughs> like, it was bananas. Chick Hearns posters, yeah. One of the things... Tyus Edney, yeah. Oh, no, I played tennis, so I had, like, Andre Agassi. Otherwise, what I would do is I would rip up the, the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. So I had Kathy Ireland. That year, Kathy Ireland was on the cover. <laughs> so I had her yellow bikini. I still remember it. Love Kathy Island for years. Um, since we have 10 minutes, let's zoom right through it. Um, real quick, Thanksgiving episode. I would say for me, pr- probably, look at it, I even stutter. Nipples and Toes 23. Nipples and Toes 23. Erica Mena was a fantastic addition to the show, which is great. She was a reality TV, yeah. crazy, fun, fun person to watch. But I want to say, like, on a serious note, watching um, Lena Waithe. Is yes. the um, just doing that was fantastic. And then when, when Amy, as you were talking about, Things aren't really shown, you know, this side of the story. There's so many nuanced stories within uh, the coming out experience. On the panel, at least, I'm the one who has had to deal with coming out. And that situation, so, I mean, like, I feel like it really hurt to watch this episode. How old are you? How old am I now? How old were you then? (laughs) Oh, um, well, that's even more interesting. It took a very long time. 30 years old, yeah. I was actually working here at AfterBuzz, yeah. I was working here, and, like, it just... it. You just go through so much. So when I had to watch Lena's character, uh, Denise, when I had to watch her kind of watch the D'Angelo video and it make her trip a little, that was ha- that was hard. Because, mm-hmm. again, it goes back to when I was a kid and we were only watching the Dodgers. And okay. yet I maybe had other interests that right. I'd want to explore and you couldn't. And so that really messed me up a little bit watching it. Uh, but then when she had to play cards and tell Dev, oh, I um, let's talk about this Erica girl. Yeah. It just was... I mean, all the shakiness in the voice, it just spoke to me. I don't know if it Aww. spoke to you guys, but... What spoke to me is if I was raised by my mom. So to see the dynamic between a, a woman and her mom in, this, uh, in a single-parent home, and you have all these other relatives that kind of aid and help with your growth, that's what resonated with me. Because it's like, you know, you grow up, you... In some relationships, you become more distant from, distant from your, your mother or your parent. And these two still stayed close. I mean, everyone did talk about the coming out story, but I, for, for me, I saw that, and I also saw this relationship that was changing and adjusting with the times, and two women growing and accepting to learn each who each other was. And another Another good thing about the episode, the fabulous Angela Bassett's yeah. character. I mean, and, Kim, Amy. And, Kim, and Kim Whitley is, is Yes. Well. Please tell us about working with Angela Bassett on set and Kim Whitley. Because that's like a huge get. Uh yeah, they were powerhouses. I guess they were um very excited about the show and really enthusiastic about joining. Um but you know, there was there was a a nice family vibe when we were shooting that episode and um yeah, Melina Manzukis would give me suggestions. A lot of what you see in the sets and came from um, from Lena's experience. Um, and then with Angela Bassett, she would come on set and she's like, "Where's the Black Jesus?" <laughs> <laughs> How she had black Jesus? Ah, that's awesome. <laughs> Which is true. So, 
And they really yeah. did that. That episode did a lot of different things uh, from, you know, bringing Michelle in and then her, her coming back the second time, the girlfriend and dealing with the family. But what was also interesting is they were able to manage to show like what that character would go through. She would mm-hmm. she Angela Bassett's character would feel, listen, my daughter, you know, you're a black woman in, in America and you're already going through so many different things yeah. like that's And then they brought up Sandra Bland. I mean, there was just so much of truth. Um, that is yeah, going- because it was showing like what families talk about it during the holidays and the, the different. What I liked seeing was how they brought up a story about uh, Sandra Bland, and then Deb also interjected with a story about an, an Indian man. I hadn't being, heard that story though. Yeah, neither had I. But it just shows that you know sometimes you don't realize where we can find common ground with people. Right. And that was yeah. really I, I love I love the whole OJ thing, and then and like, <laughs> but what about Clarence Thomas? <laughs> I like the way Deb was like, um, did you put some nutmeg in there? What about the nutmeg? When he was yelling across the table at the grandmother. I just want to say something that really stood out to me through this episode, and it's probably because I've lived in places so far apart. I've never had a friend like Deb has with Denise. And I really appreciated that the whole way through, even though he was struggling with something, she was struggling with something so complex and just so not acceptable in the world that she was growing up in. To have someone just accept it and take it in their stride with you, I really loved watching that. Like, I loved how whenever things got too serious, he would kind of just create, you know, a just a dev moment, moment yeah. or whatever. And just, it was just, it was perfect. It was really perfect. I loved it. The um, relationship was really special. Yeah, I, I personally could talk on and on about that episode. I mean, all of the episodes were good, but I, I just personally liked it. Like I said, the coming out experience, as even Amy was talking about, like the stories that they choose here, there's just so many. So like yeah. when I watch on TV, no yeah. offense, and I'm going to probably enjoy the new Will and Grace or whatever too. I never watched the first series because, again, I was scared to. But the point <laughs> is there's so many nuanced stories yeah, of definitely. all of this stuff that's going this on. This could have been a film. So, when, yeah, right, so yeah. when I get to watch Amy's work done and seeing every little detail of every Thanksgiving, it was so good, and the wardrobe was so fantastic. Um, I wanted to ask you, Amy, just character-wise, if you do know it, was that Michelle, the Michelle that she originally, was that was that uh, Lil Funyuns, Michelle? <laughs> no, 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 I don't think it was. Because I thought it was, I thought that was the girl that he was, that was, that, oh, they played the voicemail, remember? I don't remember. Oh, it's, her name is, yeah. her name is Michelle. It was, a, it was a Michelle. So when this Michelle came in quiet, I was like, is that, that can't be Lil Funyuns. This you is might a, be right. I have no idea. All right, I cracked the code. Maybe. (laughs) Amy, I am so sorry. I am so sorry we have got to let you go. We're, we're wrapping up. You're so welcome. Thank you so much. Please tell people where they can find you on social media, Amy. Uh, you can find me at Amy R. Williams on Instagram and spot on Amy on Twitter. Uh, you guys are, I love how you love the show. Thank you so much for having me. Thank Aww. you for being our guest. <laughs> and also so check much. out Amy's website. It's, it rules. It's amazing. It's like so sleek. It's like one of the best websites I've ever seen. So thank you so much Thanks, for Amy. staying late and being here with us. I'll be in, in New York next week. I'll see you for coffee. Just kidding. My <laughs> visit the set. Bye, sweetie. I will. will. I, lo- yeah, I, lo- yeah. I love crashing. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Amy. Uh, let's wrap up. Happy birthday, girl. Thank yep. you, Happy guys. Thank you. Thank you, Amy. And thank you to everyone. Please continue watching. We're going to go right into our final yep. after show. Go ahead and, and give your social real quick. You can find me on, at Say Hi Sahai on Instagram and Twitter and sometimes Snapchat. And you guys can find me at Rick Hong, R-I-C-K-H-O-N-G. And I'm at Paige Kelly back on all social media. Oh, you say it so nicely. Her head goes this way. Ah, well, I'm not as <laughs> sweet as you. Uh, at Randomly RJ, Master of None. Uh, thank you for watching. Goodbye. Bye. Executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. Views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.